What up, everyone? We are back with another episode on the Laud Times podcast. Got a full house tonight. Lewis from Austin, Texas. Tigres English, how we doing, brother? Doing great, man. It's great to be back. Amazing, amazing to have you, bro. We always miss you. We 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 love hearing your wisdom about both teams and you know all the clout you get us uh, from all your fans on Twitter. The old man wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, what's up, brother? How we doing today? I'm surprised you went full Lewis instead of Lou today. Well, That's I, have the first to form- I have to formally address him so that he knows that I'm taking this seriously, and so he comes back on the next episode. <laughs> Fair enough. No, but I, I'm good. It's very gloomy day here in Dallas, uh, but pretty, pretty good day. Cool, cool. Edgar Dowell Nation in the house. What's up, bro? How we doing up there? Always a pleasure to be back with you guys. Yes, sir. And we love to have you. We love uh, your dry humor on our threads. And having it in person is even much better. Thank you. Uh, fellas, full week in our... I don't even want to call it exotic uh, because it's that's Liga Femenil side. But our weird, odd league having scheduled very strange games to start this season. Um, Tigres started the season, obviously, against Leon, like we talked about a little bit on the pod on this past Wednesday. And then we had our second game against Chivas yesterday night, as in Sunday. Um, Let's get the ball rolling on the Leon game. Dennis, what did you think, besides obviously coming out on top with the victory, the lineup that was thrown out there, we talked. We spent some time talking about the lineup, um, as what what Siwoldi was going to choose more specifically the uh, the dynamic duel that has been established between the Corvette of I'm seeing on Twitter <laughs> being talked about between Bruneta and Cordova, um, you know, playing together. We, you know, I guess I can you know say the starting lineup. So we had uh, Felipe Rodriguez, Aquino. Pizarro, Samir, Angulo, Carioca, Nando, Lainez, Cordoba, Bruneta, and Gignac to open up the season. What were your thoughts on that selection of the lineup going into the game? And then as you obviously saw the action uh, in that first half. I was very excited when I saw that lineup come out because it's interesting that he that Tiboldi was ready to throw in both Cordova and uh, Brunetta at the same time. I know we talked about that last week as to whether or not that was going to be the right move and it ended up happening right off the get-go, which is super cool. I mentioned this in our group uh, thread that it was really interesting to see for stages of the game against uh, against Leon on Wednesday, Brunetta having to drop really deep like for lots of parts of the game, especially early on. I, I was I was intrigued by that. And I, and I think he did that to, like, allow him to, like, really see the ball. And you could tell that when he got the ball, like, most, if not all, of his passing was exquisite. Like, him and Carioca are probably now our, our two best passers on the team, without question. Like, some of, the, some of the stuff that Brunetta was pulling out as far as, like, over-the-top balls and just, like, knowing when to control the game a little bit to slow it down. Like, very, very good very like skillful and also like very direct. I mean, think about like even I know we haven't talked about this game yet, but think about Sunday, uh, the goal that we scored, like that was a, a pretty like quick decision, cross it to Sebastian goal. And I mean, that was almost identically what happened um, in the other game too, in some ways, even though it was a different kind of goal, but he, he gets it. He, he has a great feel for the game. And to combine that with him dropping deep, I thought was really intriguing. Other than that, it's, the same old, same old that you expect from this team Um, as far as, like, Carioca trying to dictate everything and, you know, the fullbacks, like, drop and, you know, some, some of the wingers dropping back, like Landis having to play a lot of defense like we've seen recently. But other than that, it's just what to, what what you would expect as far as, like, a Tigres side with the addition of another fantastic passer. I'm going to bounce back in a bit to some of the comments that you made. Edgar, uh, what did you think about Felipao at goal? Backing up Nahuel Guzman in that first game against Leon. 
Leon obviously scored first, so we had to come back the Tigres way and pull off that victory, but he was a very important piece. Tell me how you felt as you watched him and, you know, some things that impressed you about his game. Definitely a phenomenal performance. Um, I mean, when he signed, it was questioned as to if it was necessary. I think it was. I think it was a very proper decision. Um, I'm very content with him, and I do hope that Siboli uh, considers to take him into account with the uh, rotation in Champions League or more league games. It's a, uh, it's very great to see him on the squad. It is unfortunate that the younger goalkeepers now have to compete with two phenomenal assets, but it's part of the game. Yeah, it's very strange, Lou, huh? That we got Miguel Ortega, you know, and I right up in our group chat that he's considered now the third keeper because he came out as a second keeper in the first game against Leon and the youngsters weren't able to. So what do you think about that? And then moving forward, um, you know, like Edgar mentioned about the rotations, what would you do if you're Siboldi with, you know, handling these two guys, especially with the performances that he's had in this, in the first two games? One thing that he brings that Ortega doesn't is leadership. Uh, you can tell as soon as he came into the team that he was going to be a leader. He's very vocal. He, he's very confident in that role. Um, I think it's just, him being in the league for so long, but he just, he has that confidence. And I think when, when you're a confident keeper that translates into a confident back line, because the back line knows that there's a keeper behind them that's going to handle, handle their, his business. And so, uh, you know, Delgado doesn't give us that Ortega was never a sure goalkeeper. And so it, to me, it's just, it was only obvious when he came in and then Ortega being injured for so long with that shoulder injury that's lingering, that uh, Felipe was going to take over that that second role. And I think, it, like uh, it was mentioned, you got to play him in some of these other games, in the in the League's Cup and in other tournaments to give Noel some rest as well. I feel like it would be a good strategy to have Noel, you know, be the keeper in the league to continue to help him increase his record that he's been that he's established um, with the goals against um, or the shutting down. Uh, with no goals against, and then also the 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 games played in the league for a foreign uh, player or foreign goalkeeper, and then you can use Felipao and you know, like you mentioned, the League Cup, maybe one of the games, maybe the away game in the uh, Concacaf, and have Nahuel play the home game. So I think you know, like we've talked about, you know, the the selection of players and moving some you know, some pieces around um, could be useful. Um, and that was something that I wasn't really, uh, I don't want to say happy, but I, I was expecting Siwoli to make a change or two with the going from the Leon game to the Chivas game in which he went with the same starter lineup. Um, I want to backtrack to what you were talking about, Dennis. Um, one of the concerns that I saw in that first game and the second game against Chivas was Cordoba, even though uh, he scored the first goal. Uh, of the season for us off of Brunetta assist. He was the player that was going to be subbed off. Happened again in the game against Chivas. He scores a goal and, you know, subbed off. At times he lo he looks more so America-like uh, before, you know, he had his run with Siboldi here with Tigres. And maybe not so much as being too lost like he was with America, but he just seems that he's not super involved and he just looks uncomfortable especially when he's out more wide and I feel like in that Leon game there was not a lot of flexibility and obviously part due to Leon's uh, game as well which I don't think they played a horrible game they kept up with us and even you know dominated us for a few short instances here and there throughout the game um, how do you think that partnership is going to transition as we move forward do you think one of them is going to have to come off which I don't think $15 million are going to come off to the, go to the bench. So I know you're a Cordova fan. We all are, obviously. But um, what do you think about that possible scenario where they might not play together? I think it's to be expected at some point because they are similar in, in a lot of ways. I I understand where you're coming from, and it's definitely like a very valid like point of view. I do think it's going to take a little bit of time because I think – a, a little bit of it has to be like a mental thing for Sebastian to like kind of have to not give up completely like the role that he had, but 
just share it with somebody who's, you know, just as skilled, if not even more skilled and statistically was better than him last season. Like that's just facts. Like Brunetta was one of, if not the best player in the league last season, like we've talked about before. So I think it's just a, a chemistry per like, you know, not problem, but a chemistry like thing to figure out and it'll take some time and, and hopefully he can like overcome that, um, especially in his head to, you know, be willing and, you know, have to sacrifice to the slightest degree in order to like make that partnership work. Cause I, I do think we're going to see this more often than not. Um, Cause I, I think you have to have your best players on the field as much as you can. And they're two of our best players. And unless Iboldi just can't like make it happen. Like if it doesn't figure itself out, like I don't see that breaking up. I mean, let's be real. Like we, we talk about that, him not getting involved, but there's the, you know, Brunetta to Cordova, you know, goal both games. So obviously there's something to be had there. And even though, like, like you mentioned, like he, Sebastian wasn't that involved. I do think you have to, you know, give credit in that regard that there's at least an end product there. So let's, let's see what happens. And hopefully around midway through the season, like as we're like getting deeper in the CONCACAF, hopefully that partnership becomes a lot more fluid. Lou, who does Brunetta remind you of? And, you know, any obviously player that you've seen abroad or a player that he's that's played in our league before in the Mexican league. There's one thing that sticks out a lot to me. And, you know, that's why I want to see what you think about him. Um, unlike Cordova, and not necessarily to attack Cordova's game, but Brunetta drops deep, deep into uh the field to get the ball and i love that um reminds me of old school players that you know when they don't feel like they're getting involved in the game but unlike old school players or when i started watching uh, as a kid brunetta has a lot more speed he's got more agility he's got more, you know he's more of the prototype of the of the current soccer player but with a lot of movement to drop back out of the back i mean he, at times he's a long he's on the same level as Carioca, you know, trying to pull the ball out of the field. And then that's where I think Cordova comes into play, Dennis, because then when he drops so low, Nando pulls out wide and Cordova slides in the middle. So, um, Lou, talk to me about him, uh, type of player he is, and what he reminds you of and what he can actually bring to the table in the long run for Theodos. It's funny that you asked that because when Dennis was talking, I was thinking that he reminds me a lot of Lucas Lobos. It's, he's a guy that demands the ball a lot. And uh, I was just looking at the number of touches because I, I was seeing from game one to game two a little bit of improvement in Cordoba with touches. He went from 26 touches to 37 touches. And so then I went and compared the number of touches uh, Brunetta had this last game. 61 touches, man. Jesus. I mean, that guy demands the ball. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've seen those sort of numbers from a guy in, in the second game at Tigres. I mean, you, you mentioned how he likes to drop deep, but he's dropping deep because he's demanding the ball. He's like, just give it to me. Let me distribute. Let me go from here. And I, I was loving that when during the Chivas game, just seeing him drop down, give me the ball, let me let me work from there. And I think he's going to create some really good partnerships with Gorreran, with Cordoba, with Carioca. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of triangles in that midfield forming and then opening up opportunities for for good crosses with guys open i think he's just gonna he's gonna make everybody's job easier he, he's just he's a phenomenal player i mean i don't want to get him up to the lucas lobos level yet but he reminds me a lot of lucas lobos man he did a lot of dirty work a guy who you know look you look at Lo, lucas lobos his numbers his assist and his goals right there hand in hand all the time every season and you look at Brunetta, somebody put out a stat this earlier today. In the last 17 games, 22 goals plus assists. So he's had nine goals, 13 assists in the last 17 games. It's just phenomenal. Ridiculous. So, I mean, it, I, I think you're going to see a lot of Lucas Lobos in, in him. You know, and he might he might just become a legend, man. I mean, he, it's, it's still early, but I think he's got it. 26 years old. Cordoba's 26 years old. Nando Gorriarán is 28 years old. 
Nico Ibañez is 29 years old, and obviously the young Mexican talent that we have with Cello, Ociel, Linus. So lots of future ahead. There's one thing that also, like, I really enjoyed. And, you know, I, I first, you know, when Gignac first came over, switch the switching of the field from one side or the other, you know, most players have to put a lot of, you know, power behind a, a switching of the field, and it looks like they, you know, went – the fundamental aspect looks like there was a lot of power in on on that kick. Brunetta Gignac does it, and it's just like effortless, and the ball like moves so smooth in the air. And so when I've seen that from Brunetta multiple times in the last two games, I was like, this dude is special. He's got also that carioca um, type of approach when he moves between the lines and and makes passes that weren't really being made before at that position at the number 10, you know, Carioca doesn't, but from deeper down the field, Brunetta does him a little bit further up. You know, there's a couple of plays that he, for Gignac in both games where he was trying to send them forward, but, you know, he didn't, the movements weren't there. And I think that's just a partnership that was going to, it's going to have to be developed. Like you guys mentioned with chemistry. Um, Edgar in that Leon game, we finally see uh, the 200 goal from Mr. Andre Pierre. Um, Talk to me about that, and then what are your expectations? You know, last year contract, how many goals do you foresee, Andre, finishing off with at Tigres? I mean, despite this being the last year of contract, um, I don't think the story's over. It's obviously it's up to him, but easily another twenty to twenty-five, especially with Brunetta being there. I know he is at the later stage of his career, but. We're not talking about just any other player. He's a very, very special player. If we're being honest, he reminds me of uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who retired at AC Milan at 41. He was still contributing so much. I think Gignac is going to head down that same path. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got one more year, but it seems like, why not just end it on an even number and hit that 40 mark? And then after that, become, you know, like Zlatan, you said 41. Um, that goal, Nahuel talked about it on his podcast, you know, same play that they've practiced with Tuca, which was very, you know, awesome to hear because that's one thing that we criticized Tuca a lot. He, they didn't really practice corner kicks um, until Chima got there, or a lot, at least set pieces. And that goal comes off of the same set piece that, you know, they had with uh, Hugo Ayala scoring the goal in the CONCACAF Champions League. So now we talks about it. So that was really cool to have that also that element to add to Gignac's goal as he got his 200 goal. Um, Lou, any thoughts uh, to add on to his 200 goal and you know what to expect of Gignac moving forward? Yeah, I'm with Edgar. I think we'll see another 25, 30 easily from him. Uh, and to me, he's a guy that just needs to stay in the institution. Not, no matter how long he decides to play, if he wants to play to 40, 41, uh, after he's done playing, he's a the type of guy that needs to stick around. I think he he's a great ambassador. He's a great for our brand. He creates a lot of bridges between here and Europe. So, you know, it's exciting to see what, what lies ahead for him. I think with Brunetta being around, I think it's his job is going to be a lot easier. He's not going to have to worry so much about creating opportunities, but being around the goal to, to score. So hopefully that boosts his numbers. I'd like to see him get as close as possible to uh, Cardoso. Cardoso. Yeah. And you know, let's see, let's see if he gets close. I mean, what is it? Forty nine. It be suit. It's he... two two fifty nine for for uh for Cardoso. Oof. But I, man, if he would get you know to two forty, I I mean, I would I would say, hey, just keep grinding until you get there. You know, nineteen goals. I mean, let's go, bro. Mexico City would burn. <laughs> they That's would fun. not yep. have it. They would literally figure out a way to like not allow that statistical um feet to happen it's it's crazy man because you know you see him play and like you know again multiple conversations we've had about his um you know decrease of form but the man yesterday in the game against chivas had a sprint you know about 50 yards to get back on defense towards you know once once I, i think it was in like the 68th minute uh, right before he went, he subbed out. It's just at 38 to do those those kind of things and like set the example on the field, obviously off the field. It's still incredible to watch. 
Dennis, you think he gets close to to Cardoso, or you thinking you know a little more uh, on the safer side? No, I, I think he does. I have a feeling. I I have a feeling. Depending on what happens with Conca, I have a feeling this story is not ending until twenty twenty six. I don't know. I I just I don't sense that it's ending next year when the contract is up. Like I I don't get that vibe from him. I don't think the team has that vibe either. Like I don't know how they could like bridge that with the World Cup in any way, but I, I feel like there's an element there that could be had. I don't know. I'm just spitballing at this point, but I don't see him leaving anytime soon. Like Edgar said, he's our Slaton. Obviously not as a psycho as Slaton, but you know. Well, if if we win the CONCACAF, you're talking about six months left of contract and then the Club World Cup starts in 2025. He's going to play in that. So that, you know, by that point, it's definitely extended because he's going to want to play in that. So that that definitely has to be the milestone he wants to hit. He wants another participation and obviously every accolade and more goals uh, as possible. And, you know, he's talked about that no one comes close to Cardoso in an interview in the past before. And every time, you know, that conversation gets brought up. But there's no way a player like Andre Pierginac is not thinking about that record of goals. Even if he doesn't get it, he knows he he wants to get as close as possible. So shout out to our Frenchman that came and changed the club. And it's I'm really looking forward to 10 years from now and seeing where his what his role is with the club. And, you know, still seeing that presence obviously off the field at that point, but it, it's going to be incredible to watch, especially, you know, at least for me, mid twenties to watch him arrive and then continue to be a great asset to the squad. And then potentially even further along in his future and our future. So shout out to the man, the only one, the King of the North, um, Andre Pierre guys. We then moved to uh, a new Jersey into this past game against Chivas where we were able to pull off the result uh, 1-0 against Las Chivas Gringas de Guadalajara. Um, we got some, uh, a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, mixed uh, emotions with that jersey, right? We look like Dynamo. We look like uh, Fiorentina's old jersey, their third kit. I can't remember the other team that I saw that was relatable. Um just, I don't know. What are we thinking about the jersey? I got it now. I like it personally. Um, I wanted to wear it on Sunday, but it was too cold. Wasn't down with it. Uh, Lou, we'll start off with you. Thoughts on the jersey? Jersey order? Yeah, and it, it arrived today. It arrived this morning early. My man. Uh, and I'm loving it, man. I actually, I hate it on, I still hate it on when I see it in photos. The only person I've seen it that it looks really good is Lightness. It looks good on Lightness for some reason, but it just doesn't look good in photos for some reason. It's not a photogenic uh, type of a jersey. It's it's a me, you know. Um, it's not photogenic, but man, when you have it in your hands, it's it's actually nice. The reds pop. The the patterns like kind of weird, and it kind of sucks you in. Like you look at it, and then the reds are real. I mean, the black kind of, you know combines really well with that red and i love what they're doing with the badge in the in the player edition jerseys it's almost like a like a plastic like a thick plastic so the badge feels great and so yeah i had to tweet out today and say hey look i've changed my mind I'm doing a 180 on this one and, and it's, a, it's a great jersey i think it looks really good in person i started watching the game two minutes in and when i came out of you know my restroom towards the living room, I saw the soccer going on on the TV. And I was like, oh, crap, where are we at? Like, I, I lost I lost it for a second. Didn't really know that it was us because I saw Chivas. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap, that's us. And so just watching it, having the jersey, I think it, it was really good. Uh, Dennis, thoughts? Yeah, it looks it looks good on the players. I, I think it looks good on Bruneta, too. It looks good on Lainez, but I think it looks really good on Bruneta. There's a, a picture of him in, in Cordova when they're celebrating the goal. I was like, oh, it looks popping on him. Um, may I ask you two that have gotten the jersey, have you gotten the – I think, Lou, you already said it. You got the player edition. Did you get the player edition too or did you get the uh, fan edition? Not. 
<laughs> I I only have like three or four player editions. I I have this thing with the jerseys. You know, whenever I was much, uh, when I had a lot more weight on me, I did not wear my jerseys very much, so I didn't really buy them. So when I lost some weight and I was able to fit in some of these jerseys uh, that I just collected dust over the years, and then I realized how much I spent on them, uh, and then I don't wear all of them. And then I hear Lou talking about a podcast that he doesn't wear like none of his jerseys from the, like three or four year <laughs> yeah, era. Gotta you know, keep them pristine, man. Uh, I was like. Never no, watches like, them. I, I, I'm just here for the jersey for the quick clout. I like it. I wear it, and then I match it with some shoes that I get. I collect a lot of shoes. Yeah, sneakerhead boy. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so, no, no player editions. I'm out on the extra fifty dollars. And like I said, when I got the this new jersey, this orange and black or red, whatever you want to call it, um, I got it for eighty dollars on Adidas because I'm an Adidas member, so I get that coupon. So let's roll. We're rolling. Yeah, not bad. I finally got the away jersey, also with a coupon for 80 bucks, and I love it. So, about time. Edgar, I'll it, say this yours? about the player edition, though. The texture on it is is nice on the, on the material. Nice. Yeah. It's yeah, got a nice it feel to it. Edgar, are you going to be getting this jersey? I told myself no, but I'm a very big hypocrite because now I really All like right. So, <laughs> no, especially when I saw, uh, I think it was the official account, they posted Aquino's jersey. And I have one, and so I don't know. That kind of just like hit me there, and I really, really like it. And yeah, like on TV, it looks much more different than the photos. I thought I was watching AC Milan for five minutes. Yeah, so that's another I, win for me. I also just like the the idea of like just the, like completely different than the our our natural colors or our, you know our true colors. I think that you know there was that rumor or i don't know if it was a rumor or not but with tuca we didn't really wear none of our third jerseys and and that was on him like it was his decision that we did not and with so much power that he had at the time like it was just crazy how much like brand awareness and like you know sales of jerseys that we could have expanded on or the team could have expanded on in order to you know sell like by wearing those jerseys and with piojo we were able to like wear a few more and that's when i think you know, the board and everybody that has that vision for Tigres in the long run um, realize that, you know, we got it like promotion and marketing all have a big key in how we grow, not only on the sports side of things. So I, I like it. I I just it's different, you know, that Earth Kid jersey. Like I didn't get it because I did, you know, I, when I went to Monterrey, they didn't have a lot of selection in it. And honestly, I went at the wrong time. I literally went three days after Christmas, it was nothing was at the store. Um, I only brought back a lanyard, a keychain, and I was hoping for another uh, scarf, but no scarves even. Um, wow. so, yeah, nothing, dude, they were like very low on things. Um, but like I said, I like it. I, I really like that approach to seeing like the club just completely random colors and, you know, even at times release more, you know, like was it last year we had four jerseys released or the year before? So yeah, last last year. year, yeah, yeah, it was the Earth Kit, the white one, the blue and yellow. What was the fifth? Oh, the Spanish Heritage Month. Well, and then in December they released the Earth Day Blue Edition that didn't come out in April. Right, I did see that. I did the see one that. that you got, right? Yeah, the one that I got. Yeah, because that's that's. And then I, if you want to count the Adidas original long sleeve. Oh that, wow, yeah, that's yeah. another one. So, so I I mean. America does. I'm not sure if America releases more than three jerseys a year, but they have a lot of like um, gear that they sell, and I think that that's another outlet for their, their warm up kits. They were releasing for a little while. I don't know if they did this year, but I know they they like last year, the year before last, they had a really nice warm up kit that they released that looked pretty nice. So big fan of it. You know, I I still think that jerseys uh, designs can still be improved um, and. I'm sure you guys will dive more into that in the future of, of dissecting and deciphering these jerseys. But overall, I think uh, I'm 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 sticking with an eight on this jersey. I, I, I'm it's it's on my uh, must have of tier list that you guys created. <laughs> there it is. So nice. Um, onto the game though with Chivas. Not a good game, guys. Uh, 
It's been a while. I, I tweeted it out yesterday. It and even when we've struggled, I, I still think that we still found ways to get possession. Chivas, they look if if Chivas somehow figures out a way to actually be good on the offense to score goals, they could be good because they're very dynamic. The high pressure, even though it didn't last entirely the 90 minutes, but I'd say 60 minutes they had high pressure. And and I mean, I think I'm being generous. I think they probably pushed it to the 70 minutes to, of high pressure or up into the goal, honestly. Um, what do we think, Lou, uh, about, again, no rotation, same selection of player four days later, and then the actual gameplay of our players in the first half and obviously uh, transition into the second half. In a way, I don't blame Siwoldi for not rotating the squad just because I feel like we're still early in the season. We need to form partnerships out there. And if, if you start mixing it up too much, then you, you mess with the chemistry. So I think it's all right. If, you know, three or four weeks in, he's still, you know, putting out the same guys. I'm okay with it. Uh, later in the season, I think we'll have to. It's just a really busy calendar this year. Uh, as far as the game, I mean, one thing we really struggle with is the high press. Teams that press us high and press well uh, with with large numbers, they make a struggle. Our passing was horrible for for good chunks of the game. I think in the final stats, it wasn't as bad as, as I thought it'd be. I think we were in the high 70s, which is still below our average. But for good chunks of the game, our passes were terrible. Um, sometimes we would complete passes, but they weren't in the right spots. So... You know, you might complete the pass, and in the stat sheet, it looks like you completed the pass, but it's it wasn't the correct pass because, you know, you're not advancing play. You know, you're having to play back and, you know, force another turnover. And so I was really disappointed with that. Our passing was awful. You know, it, it starts with the back line. I think just Angulo, you know, Samil, they just don't do a great job of passing. And then, you know, you only have one guy in, in Carioca who, who kind of drops deep and then does a lot of distributing so we struggled we looked bad uh, only one shot on goal the entire the entire game uh if you look at this the the stats for both games we've had three shots on goal three goals so in, wow. in a sense you, you could say we've we've been getting kind of lucky if, if we're being honest and uh and not a whole lot of shots 16 total shots in two games so you're averaging eight and in this game we had six so I mean it's it's not it's not great, but it just shows you how lethal we're gonna be once we start clicking because there's a lot of firepower and you know you got Brunetta Brunetta just adds a ton to to the squad. I mean it's just the the crosses are cleaner. You don't have to rely on you know seven percent cross efficiency Luis Quinones anymore. You know it's it's great to have that guy on the bench and not rely yeah. on him anymore. <laughs> Which I saw your tweet, man. Then you had to backtrack on that one after the goal. Oh uh, man, I I I felt I, I was so disappointed because I was like, I can sense everybody's energy whenever he subbed in. I was like, I was like, guys, I get it. I truly get it. Like, I would love to see Marcelo Flores like come in and play. I would love Osil Orreda to come in and play, but realistically, like, there's not enough minutes to go around, and the guy at least what Quinones brings to the table is like he changes the way defense is placed and he's not effective in crossing like stats demonstrate that <laughs> but we somehow look better on the field when he's on the field I think that the anger well there's a few people that just can't stand them at all but I think the anger was pulling Cordova instead of pulling Lainez I think people wanted that sub to happen and so when that didn't happen, they were like, why is he why is he coming in for Cordova? It doesn't make sense. So I think part of that was part of it was hate and part of it was not happy with who was subbed out. Uh especially you know, Cordova scored. He was he looked he looked halfway decent out there. So one one thing I do want to say though is how much heat the back line is taking. And now that Aquino's gonna be gone, I think we're gonna be taking more heat for the back line. But just looking at this game, I went back and rewatched it, and man, some of our our mids take plays off, dude. Uh, there there was one sequence like around the twenty fifth minute, and it was such a slow developing play. It wasn't like this lightning fast counter attack or anything. 
It was off of a foul. Chivas played it around for like over 30 seconds. I think it counted like 32 seconds. There was like 13 touches. And you got Carioca and Lainez literally just walking back. And and El Pocho Guzman's flying up. And then you've got a wide open JJ Macias in the box. And I'm like, you got to help these guys out. You know, Chivas has five guys up top. We only have four four defenders in the back. Somebody has to drop deep. And so if that continues, if that pattern continues, I think we're going to give up a lot of goals to, to the big teams. Yeah. To the powerful teams. And I think that's something that we need to fix is don't take plays off. If you're, if, if somebody's gassed, then we need to st- start using our subs. But that's what, that's why I said that's yesterday, awful. that's why I said yesterday, like, it's not that Carioca really had a bad game. It was just, he was off. Like, we already know that he's not going to chase players down. He's, you know, he obviously knows where he's, he, his positioning on the field, you know, the, the anticipation to, to beat players to the ball, but our game both ways starts with him. And I, and I thought that at time, you know, even at the beginning where he comes trying to play the ball out of the back and he gets the ball stolen in the box, like, other days he pulls that off easily. That's when I knew it was going to be a bad game for him because he was trying to do too much. And I was like, that gave me the 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 signal that I was like, okay, he's off. The rest of the game proved it to me. Like obviously the second the last 20 minutes for me is I don't want to say meaningless, but I think that Tigres knew that they were just gonna, you know, play for the result. And so every anything that happened was just more of as a as a consequence of Chivas just pushing um chaotically forward and so the stats probably looked a little bit better the possession was probably cleaner and 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 more progressive but i still think that prior to that our midfielders did not create that those sequences that actually matter it was a lot of meaningless passes a lot of lost balls from a lot of the players i'm talking about from the very back to the top you know, with where Gignac didn't have touches, and it, it was just bad overall in terms of passing. So, gotta correct those things moving forward. Uh, Edgar, any uh, additional thoughts that you had about the game um, as far as player selection when the subs happened with Siboldi uh, brought on Marcelo, he brought on Ociel, he brought on Luis Quinones. Um, who else did he bring on? Ibanez, Bigon, and Bigon. Yeah, I think he did a great job with the subs, and I'm glad that he didn't wait until the 80th minute to start making them, which is something that we've seen in a while. Um, I mean, unfortunately, it did almost cost us, but we weren't expecting Aquino to get injured. Uh, but overall, I was glad with that those sucks. subs. Y'all, y'all are sleeping on one boy. Y'all talk about Chuy Garza, but y'all know who's going to start at right back. And y'all, 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 y'all messing around and not calling out his name. Don't say Diego Reyes, man. No, it's going to be Edward the Third. <sighs> the pizza delivery guy? The pizza guy. I love oh, him. man. I hope not. I hope you're wrong. I... <laughs> when Noronha when left, what did he, what did he say? Yep. We got Tercero to, 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 to take that spot. Guy has had probably, what, like 80 minutes in the last three years. He's been... And he's I... slow. I, so I was slow. watching y'all talk about the right back position, and then I was gonna make a comment. I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it." Y'all playing around? Y'all know Tercero, Edward the Third taking that spot. Oh man, please! Chuy Garza is not starting. I'll tell you that right now. What does anybody know? What happened to Chuy Garza? He nope. just fell off a cliff, and I mean, in the worst way. I don't know. Like off the deep end, bad man. I mean, I. I haven't heard any off the field things that could, could you could point to where you could say, "Hey, look, he's been getting in trouble or whatever." Yep. No, I haven't heard anything. Not not even it's the slight same, rumors. It's the same thing that happened with uh, Lichnowski. Lichnowski wasn't a bad defender. You see, well, they just didn't like him. Yeah, and it's also really interesting to me. Like he's also not played for the U twenty three side, which he's eligible for. He's on the bench. He's sitting there. He's rotting like a piece of fruit. He did. He did get called <laughs> up when him and Marcelo went, and I think he That's played true. like 
20 minutes in one of the games, and then they got in that fight. I don't even know what team they were playing. All that fight. Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah, and yeah, you and I saw the roster selection. I was like, man, Chuy Garza has more minutes than a lot of those guys, and still nothing. So I, I don't know. I, I really don't know, and and it's it sucks because there were some flashes there of a really good form from him that he displayed. So I think that. I don't know if it's clear, but I think that Eduardo Tercero is the logic or the logical choice for Siboldi, at least. Yeah, I agree. Even though I mean, it's odd to say out loud. <laughs> we can entertain the options that people brought brought up today and Diego Linus at right back. Absolutely zero chance, negative 10% chance that that happens. Diego Linus is not going to be playing right back. Um, Diego Reyes is not going to be playing right back. Urata is going to rot on the bench. Don't know why Siboldi said yes to keeping him if he's not going to play him. He's not hurt. I saw that he was in practices. So why do we keep him? Why not go after someone else? Insurance? Yeah, I, I, that's the clear, obvious answer. So I don't know. I feel like we go for Super Duenas, bring him back for good time's oh, sake. No. No, no, he's that 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 uh, train passed by when he kissed the Cruz Azul badge. That's over. <laughs> I mean, who who it's else could be a possible over. option to sign? I mean, I, well, now that Chaka's gone, not him either. I think it is Imanol Ordonez. I could be wrong, but I think that doesn't he play on the left side? He plays on the left side though. Some mm. of the they got another youngster, uh, Manuel Aguilar, who he was the guy that went to Bayern Munich for the trial. He plays center back, right back, so he's not really a true right back. I'm telling you, it's going to be Eduardo the third. Or Siboldi goes uh, Ricardo Osorio on us, and uh, I mean, uh, Osorio on us, and slides Reyes in, and Pizarro plays uh, right back. <laughs> All right, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, or, or is there a world? I doubt it, but is there a world that Angulo switches over to right back and then you throw somebody like Ordonez on the left side? I don't know if that's smart, but. Is that worth thinking about? I don't know, I don't man. Know, you got to play Garza there, man. Garza is the natural. He's the natural one there. I don't. You you gotta you gotta suck it up if you're Seawoldy, man. Whatever it is that's going on, you you gotta play Garza there. But he's he's the natural one. I mean, he he plays similar to Aquino. Obviously, he doesn't have the the experience in the wheels, Endurance, but stamina. Speed. I mean, I I think he's he's the one. And then who's coming up on the schedule? We got San Luis. San Luis. That's gonna be a tough game. Away too, yeah. And then Querétaro. Back to back away, no. But they're not tough. You know, they're not necessarily top tier teams. I mean, they lost uh, Murillo. San Luis lost Murillo, who's their elite winger, who's their best winger. So uh, you know, I think. Give him a chance. Give Garza a chance there. I mean, that's what I think. I've been preaching it for years. Bring back Jurgen Flash Dam and make him play right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine? Yeah. So, um, obviously, we with that being said about the right back spot, Kino's going to be out about, what, four weeks? Three weeks? Three to four weeks to four. is what I heard. Yeah. Two to yeah. four that's weeks. not horrible, honestly. That really isn't horrible because it looked bad. Like oh. when the play that he got hurt, which eh, could make now it, it is a sprain, so he's not getting yeah. surgery. But you got to be careful, man. Yeah. Those sprains eventually turn into full tears. So yeah, we'll see yeah. how that develops. So um, he's probably he's probably out for Concacaf. He's probably out for the Vancouver legs. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I wouldn't risk it even if he's fit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and Vancouver is it's it's turf or natural. It's field? turf. It's yeah, turf. absolutely. So yeah, not yeah, no shot. No. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think we should we should be on the hunt for a right back, a Mexican right back, even if it comes from Puebla or, you know, Ricardo Chavez from San Luis is nice. Came out of Tigres, <laughs> bring him back, yeah. spend a couple milli after you brought him out from your cantera. Uh, what position did Paco Venegas play? Left back. Left, right. Yeah. Yeah. Never Paco. was able. Never was Jair able. Diaz. Left, left back. back also. Left back. Yeah. Now I'm telling you, you gotta go pay Ricardo Chavez out of San Luis. You gotta go bring back Jorge Sanchez to 
pay play some minutes with Aquino or, or at least split that, but probably not going to happen because that's who's going to spend like five millions more than he should to pay and bring him back. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so lots of questions, guys, as we move forward. Um, and not enough about talking about this game, which obviously we know it was bad, but there was one beautiful thing that happened in that game besides the jersey. And it was the goal. The Nando Guerrero pass. And that's it. Oh, yeah. That through ball was fantastic. Dude, everything everything was perfect about that play. It looked like it wasn't even going to, like, be a good pass for about a split second. And then the ball naturally curved wide towards Brunetta at the end. Yeah. So. Beautiful. Great setup by Gignac. Quick transition out of the back. Quick counter. Speed. Three players chasing down, you know, the ball in the box. It was a beautiful play to watch and develop. Um, really cool also on the perspective side of the traditional approach that we normally have in slow buildup. It was a really cool goal, at least to see that we got some speed up top. We got a, a quick, you know, sharpshooter type of goal. I think Brunette yeah. is going to help us be quicker in transition naturally just because he's got that cue for it to like read stuff like he sees plays happen before it actually happens probably better than anybody else on our team yeah 100 percent um i think we're coming to a, a close here with the the men's team we got san luis like we talked about i think for me it's just a tougher game um just because they're gonna make us uncomfortable with you know, we I, that was the game that I went to go watch after 24 years of not going back to Monterrey and like 2-2 goal. Dietro Villalpando scored that banger of a goal on us towards the end. So it's always the X's. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, I'm not really ecstatic about going to play them. I, I, I'd be okay if we pull, if we bring back a tie, especially with um, Aquino out in the back. So predictions for this Wednesday. Against Atlético San Luis. Going one one. One one. Edgar. Thinking one zero. I do think we can win. It's just not gonna be it's gonna be a repeat of the Chivas game. It's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be great. Ooh. Dennis. One one. Jesus. Guys. I, I'm trying to see some Tigres Femenil box scores in our on the men's side. Uh that ain't that ain't happening just yet. You gotta wait till like next month before I need a five one resounding victory. Maybe it gets Queretaro. Maybe Queretaro, not, yeah. Yeah, not against San Luis. Yeah, I'm looking at San Luis and they're coming in on a roll. So Yeah. Yeah. They've won their first two games. And Queretaro is on the road, right Lou? It looks like yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. It's a nine o'clock game. Yeah. On, Sunday. on a Sunday. Yeah. That's right four. At- Right after the the NFL hoopla of that day, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Bro, who wants to watch Querétaro at nine p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday? Oh man, they need to schedule this stuff better. They do. But even the owners are going to be watching that. Bro, somebody was smoking a lot when they were setting the calendar for the Liga MX. Uh, hey, and you throwing know, darts at the wall. You know what? Jesus. What we're what we're talking about these two games. What kind of rotations do we want to see, if any, in this yeah, game? As, okay. as far as like, you know, some some guys coming in and out. Personally, I would like to see I would like to see one change for sure. I I'd be fine if you kept the the starting. I mean, you have to change Aquino, obviously, so exclude that. But most of the rest of the starting eleven, I'm fine with. I would like to see uh Lineska drop for Osiel. I I've always been curious as to why Osiel has always been the super sub. Like he's played every single game, pretty much seventeen when he's games. Healthy. But he he hasn't started much of any. Can we see him start from the get go, and just see what happens, especially with Brunetta in there? I think it'd be really interesting. So I like to see him. I like to see Vigon start. I think it's kind of necessary because I do think we need a little bit more control in midfield based on what's happened the the first two games of like guys not tracking back and being a little bit lackadaisical. I think he'd help in that. Um, I I mean obviously Cello would be great too, but I don't know if that that's realistic. But definitely give me Vigon. One of these two games to start, um, probably over Nando, if I had to guess, 
and then definitely give me Osiel over Lainez at some point. I think I think we need to see that. I'm gonna tell you what I think realistically is gonna happen. Lainez is gonna go to the bench. Diego Reyes is gonna come in for Samir, and we're gonna roll. <laughs> I mean, I'm down. Sure. Oh, and and can't forget Edward the Third. So <laughs> Edward the Third coming on at the right back. Samir goes to the bench. Diego Reyes comes on because of the Mexican rule. That makes the pathway easier to sit down Linus and Orey Quinones back in the lineup. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm oh, calling man. it right now. That's what's going to happen. What I would like to happen because I am afraid not only on the investment side, but also for just the human aspect of the player. I am... Osiel Herrera is is in a he's in a very dangerous zone right now. And I say this because he's gonna get the minutes, but they're gonna be very little minutes. I don't see him getting more than 40 minutes a game, uh, which he should have at least, um, because he should either be starting, uh, especially what he contributed goal-wise while dealing with injuries in his first season with Tigres because of the upside and potential that he's had <clears throat> that he demonstrated during his run at Atlas and being called to the national team because he's a different type of player than what we have on our roster, which he has height. He's got goal threat ability. He can play out wide. He can play through the middle. He, like Again, he can score. So for me, he's in a little dangerous area and he's walking a very dangerous path in terms of Siboli's perspective as to how many minutes he's getting. Because he came in, what, in the 79th minute yesterday? I think so, yeah. Not enough minutes for a guy that scored five goals for you yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last season, and everything that I just mentioned. So, now, I don't think Siwaldi is 82nd wrong. 82nd minute. What is it? 82nd minute, so even 80, less. 82nd minute. I don't think Siwaldi is totally wrong, and that's where I like, you know, when we have all these people, you know, in the group chat mentioning like, you know, Cello and, you know, Ociel and like, you know, Bigon or whoever, like we like we're just deep. We're deep. Like we're one of three teams in Mexico that are like the big European teams in Europe where we just have so many players and some of your favorite players are not going to play. And so I just don't think that. You know, he's either got to demonstrate more or something's got to happen because he definitely deserves more minutes, but I don't think it's going to happen too much um, if we continue. He's going to get his starts, obviously, with more games coming on. But even if he demonstrates, like, are you going to really bench Linus, which Siwoli seems to favor because of the defensive aspect that he brings on? Or, you know, are you going to bench Cordoba? I just, it's hard. It's really tough. And... I just I'm afraid that we're not gonna get the potential out of him like we were sold at when he landed. Well, if not during the the league play, give him give him a starts for League's Cup. You got to find a way, you know. Have to. Edgar, any other especially rotations? with that kind of Molero Cup. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying. I would also like more minutes for Marcelo. I think just not playing the whole league, yeah, getting a couple minutes against Chivas is okay, but uh, I would like to see more from him. Lou, I mean, whose minutes do you decrease to, like, get everybody playing time? Like, in your perfect world, like, how would you go about playing all these guys that we have midfield and up? To me, the direct competition for Flores is Linus. That's that's the direct competition there, in my opinion. And so the problem with Flores is that defensively, he's not where Linus is yet. And and that's that's doesn't mean a whole lot because to me, Linus is still not giving us okay. Uh, he's not giving us as much as Luis Quinones gives us, for example, who who Luis Quinones tends to come back and recover a lot more and get you know bring the ball out at least from, from the back. But to me, I think Siwoldi sees that that Flores doesn't contribute anything much at all to the defensive side. Uh, where, whereas, you know, Lainez is more balanced. So I think 
I'm with you. I think Flores is not going to get very many minutes. I, if you see these guys, it's going to be during League's Cup because there's no way you can play the, this many tournaments and not burn your guys out. So I think he, you're going to have to do alternate lineups for, for certain games where you just you, you bring out an alternate squad. And, I mean, we have the depth to compete with anybody, even on, even with the B, B squad. There's no reason why you can't in League's Cup come out and play Marcelo Flores, Osiel Herrera, Luis Quiñones, Chuy Garza, Purata, you know, guys that don't get a whole lot of minutes, Nico Ibanez, put them out. They could battle any MLS team. So to me, that's that's where you where you get minutes. And if if they kill it, like let's say you put them in, you put the B squad in League's Cup and they kill it. Hey, man, battle battle for for league time. And how do how does the human aspect of that or the, of those players, especially when you paid a good amount of money for that, how do they handle that? Because you're talking about five months from now, six months from now, for them to get playing. Yeah, time. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like that's not happening. Like late July is the first game of league's cup like that's a long time from now it's got to happen sooner and the avenue in which i think that has to happen is in the league maybe not against the bigger teams like i mentioned last week but like against your queretaros for example mazatlan juarez like that's the avenue for them it obviously not against Rayados, but it has to be in, in and in it does somehow and it doesn't even have to be like three four players like i think that you can sit down like you can sit Nando down in this game, start be going on Wednesday, right? That's the first easy, easy selection. The second one is sitting down Linus and give the minutes to Marcelo. You know, if it's not a bad risk to take, especially against a team like that. Or on Sunday, you know, let Linus get his game. He's young. He can handle the minutes and in, in, in the, the toe on his body. Let Linus get his minutes with Bigon. Maybe Ibanez starts for Gignac because it's the middle of the week. But it's not you're not doing too much to it. You know, it's two, three players. I know it's early on in the season, but I think that eventually for the depth of the squad that we have, these guys have to play. I think the managing aspect of, you know, a guy like Siboldi or, you know, even when Tuca was around of like in the leadership of the players that we have, obviously it's amazing. It's awesome that it's all feasible that these guys are able to still be on the same page and, and seek and aspire for championships but i still think that obviously from the human perspective but i think even fan base perspective and just like for the overall like success of the, of the team i think that you can do two subs easily without having any issues as to the overall development of your game especially early on in the season but that's just me and so that's why I said, like, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but if it does happen, obviously Eduardo Tercero, and, you know, he's going to go back to Quinones at some point. So that means Reyes is going to slide in for Samir. Yeah. Yeah, you have the, the with the foreign rule, I think he's, it forces him to make additional changes if he wants to play Quinones. So that'll be interesting to see how he managed that as well, because, you know, we do have a ton of foreigners, so. It'll it'll be interesting, but I agree with you. I think there there's ways to get creative and make make substitutions without letting people rot on the bench. Yeah, I trust Simoldi in that sense. I think he's done well. I I just don't know how much longer like Nico Ibanez is going to be happy with ten minutes a game. Like he is one of the most humble guys we have on the squad, though. Sure, uh, his his personality is like. He's very docile. He's he's a very calm guy. So I, I'm more worried like guys like Luis Quinones, for example, who would probably go crying. Yeah, but if, if, but if that time. happens, you're okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not in a bad place, right? You got the other guys. And they, they it forces them to step up. And so that, you know, double-edged sword. So, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Great addition there at the end, Dennis. Uh, good looking out. Um, any final thoughts before we head out? Nothing. Let's go get it right back. Sweet. Let's hit okay. the market. That'll Better do call it. Duenas. What's that? Better call Duenas. Oh, man. I don't, I don't want that, man. I don't want that. Single and ready to mingle. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, where's Piloto Jimenez at? 
I almost sent that message out today. It was like, <laughs> y'all playing around. And I was like, where's Piloto? At? Uh, in the Kings League, though. Cash and uh, checks. El Guti Estrada, or let's go get uh, Fernando oh, Navarro. <laughs> Fernando Navarro wouldn't be bad. We had at one point Fernando Navarro before yeah, he became like. All X's. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for us, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And hope you guys enjoy this episode. Two games in one week. Last week, two games in one week this week. Good time to to be a fan of the of the sport and watch uh, our boys. Um, for those out there asking for all these players to play, be patient. It ain't going to happen overnight. Um, I say that to myself as well because I've been seeing it since I've been a kid and we started getting a collection of all these rosters. And I was so mad when Vargas got like eight minutes a game. And so Lucas Larayan getting 15 minutes a game. So it may not happen, but we'll still win championships. And that's the important thing here. And that's what we, we're here for, especially, you know, from 2010 on. So see you guys next time. Take care. Follow us. Share us. Send us your feedback. Listen to the previous pods. Give us your feedback on these jerseys episodes. We'd love to hear your opinions about the jerseys. Let's get our brand out there a lot more, guys. Let's talk about our team on social media a lot more. Let's 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 show to the world and the rest of the league that we care as much of as uh, about our team than like America and Chivas does. If anybody has drive a, up those o- interactions. Anybody has a 06 or 05 uh green third kit. From the Atletica era, let me know. I'm a willing buyer, like Lou said a couple weeks ago. That's me too. Wild. <laughs> that Christmas jersey. All right. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Ciao.